when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Hello listeners, I'm Aaron, one of the hosts of the Feelin' Film podcast. In this episode, I am joined by FF contributor Don Shanahan of Every Movie Has a Lesson, and we'll be providing some brief, spoiler-free thoughts on the new film from Sofia Coppola called The Beguiled. Don, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me, Aaron. Always nice to come on, and always nice to talk about a good movie. Yeah, I am uh, particularly excited about this one. This movie has recently played at some festivals, and the buzz has been mostly positive coming out of them. These are the kind of movies that I tend to really like. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, these uh, these kind of indies are in my wheelhouse. So, um, yeah, let's just start there, man. I, I'm curious. Well, actually, let's not start there. Let me back up. Let's give a little bit of a background of the film. So this film mm-hmm. is uh, direct, directed by Sofia Coppola, as I mentioned. Sofia Coppola has done Lost in Translation, The Virgin Suicides, uh, also, I think most recently, The Bling Ring, which was a little little bit of a departure. A little Um, bit of Marie Antoinette in there, too. Yes, yes, Marie Antoinette was in there. Um, This movie, she won a Best Director Prize at Cannes for this one, so that was a a pretty big accomplishment. I believe it was the first time in, what, 60 years or something? That an American director has won, or even that, well, that a female had won. Well, yeah, so, I was going to say so. No, and I think um, after watching the film, I think that's an apt prize for it to win. Um, I think the the what what that film captures and what is what it um, what it grabs from performance and what it grabs in ambiance, it's the right prize for her to win. Um, I know other people were nominated for the film as well in terms of other acting categories, but this is the one. Yeah, this is a well-deserved award. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, the directing in it is very, very good. So it stars Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell as really the only male in the entire cast, mm-hmm. um, and frequent Coppola muse Kirsten Dunst, and also Elle Fanning. It is yes, a sir. remake of a 1971 film starring Clint Eastwood, which was an adaptation of a novel by Thomas Cullinan that also came out in 1971. Right. Now have now have you that? seen the Eastwood or, now have you seen the Eastwood films from seventy one? No, I've not. I thought about going back to revisit it or not revisit. I haven't either to check it out. I haven't. But yeah, yeah I, I I think I might have to honestly because I'd love to see how this compares. Uh, I agree. I'd like to see how the eras compare, how the social commentary compares between then and now. I think there's some places where you take Eastwood, who's a very you know uh, very sound figure of masculinity and you compare that to you know this very i hate to say it but feminist movement that is everyone's going to put on the pedestal of sofia coppola directing and this being very female driven film and i'd love to see the comparisons yeah yeah that's it's an interesting concept and one we're not going to probably jump into right now but the idea of every movie kind of being pegged as feminist if it has a female director this had come up in our facebook group recently and uh I think as we start to see more and more of Hollywood uh, promoting and, and giving opportunities to female directors, um, I think that's going to be an issue we have to deal with uh, in uh, in film criticism is, is are these all really feminist? And what is the definition of femis- feminist before we throw I it agree. around? 
Yeah, I mean, I think just because a film, like you're saying, just because the film has a female director, a female leader, or even a female writer at some point, that doesn't immediately make it feminist. And I think there are plenty of feminist films that are written and directed by men. I think you can find a lot of films that are um, – you can take any ism like we're talking about here and, and compare it just the way it plays. So, yeah, it's going to be a label and a thing being shaken around a lot. Well, the synopsis for The Beguiled uh, is this. At a girls' school in Virginia during the Civil War, where the young women have been sheltered from the outside world, a wounded Union soldier is taken in. Soon, the house is taken over with sexual tension, rivalries, and an unexpected turn of events. Woo! It Woo! sounds intense. Scintillating. So, I tell you what. Yeah. That, um, I tell you what, that trailer that they've cut for the film really sells this to be quite the thriller and quite the uh, unexpected, you know, um, high tension kind of thing. And it's this, the materials there on paper for it to be that for sure. Well, that's perfect uh, as a lead in to the first question I want to ask you and I want us to answer. So I'll let you start. What were your expectations going in and what were your immediate reactions coming out of this? Sure. Um, my expectations going in were, um, I have to admit, um, I, I knew of the Eastwood film and I knew the premise, um, but um, and then I saw the, the recent trailer for the film, and that was kind of my gateway in, and um, I love the way they cut the trailer. I mean, just high tension, short scenes, um, dialogue-driven, uh, this good shrill music in the, in the big red letters and the, in the very cursive-ish, scriptish font, and, you know, Colin Farrell yelling at the top of his lungs, you vengeful bitches and all that, and, I, and I'm like, oh, this could be this could be a good, you know, um, kind of claustrophobic thriller, or at least this, at least a slow burning pot boiler that has a little bit of edge to it. And uh, those are my expectations. Uh, my impressions coming out of it were um, were less than that. I have to admit, I think the film um, is being a little oversold. Um, not necessarily in quality, like I said before. I think Sofia Coppola directing this film and orchestrating what what this film is is spot on. Um, I think she nails the period. I think she nails the tension. I think – not so much the tension, but I think she nails the um, the material and what she's trying to go for a little bit. I have to admit though, I felt I was coming out of it a little wanting. I, I didn't think this film was intense enough. There was never a scene where – or a scene or a series of events where I felt much peril for anyone. I, I, the tension's there. The sexual tension's there. The rivalry's there. Um, but nothing was ever that – brimming boiling over the top you know edge of your seat hair stands on the back of your neck like not slasher film kind of way but just pot boiling tension kind of way i didn't get that out of this film okay well i too went into this with very high expectations as i mentioned there at the beginning um probably my second most anticipated eh, third if we count baby driver most anticipated uh indie-ish film of the summer and Again, I this is my wheelhouse. This is where I find myself gravitating towards films and loving them more than blockbusters. I enjoy blockbusters. I, I like talking about them. But this kind of story and these tight 90-minute long movies are, are really what yeah. I love. Um, get in, get out. I'll, I'll, I'll commend that for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll commend that for sure. The running time is, is, is slim. There's not a – other than some extra establishing shots that I joke about here and there, um, this film's pretty snug. I mean, this we've seen lesser and even better directors take material like this and make it two hours and 20 minutes, and it doesn't need to be that oh, at all. Oh, gosh, no. No, if anything, yeah. it could have used maybe another five at the very ending just to kind of 
there's a, a twist, big, twist big, the knife big, a little. big event that happens that kind of ends abruptly. But um, so I walked out of this one loving it. No question about it. I was thoroughly uh, just completely immersed in the world. I feel like it's a very restrained thriller, so I understand completely where you're coming from and what you sure. what you took away because I was also expecting that high level of of tension, almost like a psycho type type right. of type of feeling, and that's not what this movie gives you. It is it there there is a fog that is in the distance and and around mm-hmm. this house. Uh, this is a very atmospheric film cinematography is fantastic and this fog to me is very representative of this sexual tension that is just bearing down heavily throughout this story it's just building and building and that's the kind of story we're dealing with here it's it's little quirks and little um little quips and and things that are said that are not funny to the characters but that um audiences will find funny and i think don we mentioned or we talked about this uh, offline a little bit after we had both seen the film what was your take on that, by the way? Uh, I think you had some different feelings about the humor than I did. Um, I tell you what. Well, it kind of segues into your uh, one of your following questions of what kind of moviegoer is this for. And um, I have to admit, I, I, I observed this film in a in a in a different setting than usual. Um, this was a press screening for me, where it was um, a screening for only press at the uh, famous Lake Street screening room in Chicago, where uh, Siskel and Ebert did their did their viewing and stuff like that. And that's a cool place to be. And um, but it but it's a room full of twenty five of just people like you and me, or high, you know, obviously different crowd, different audience, high minded. Um, some people whose wheelhouse this is, and some people who are coming in a little more hot takey about th- some things. And and there was. And I think the story is designed to have some of this just to be kind of a, a nervous chuckle. But there's a lot of – I felt like in my screening, there's a lot of unintentional laughter where plenty of things we thought were either kind of cockamamie or funny and we and we, and we and it showed because we were, we were laughing. But I, I – so I, I'd be curious to see how a lot of the twists and turns of this film play for a, um, a public audience. I so hard, hard, hard to gauge. Yeah, I'm curious as well. In fact, I think I want to go see it in the theater with the public audience for mostly for that reason. You know, my theater was 10, maybe 15 people, critics spread out okay. across the room. Um, sure. Definitely, as I would describe, would be in an awkward escape of laughter. Um, we would. I remember people looking around the room at each other going, hmm, that was, should we be yeah. laughing at this? So. Yeah. It's it's a different kind of feeling, and and some people may not enjoy that being part of this this movie. I personally do love it. I think I'm trying to think of a comparison film that I would I would use to well, tell a comparison people comparison to the, a the comparison to the genre, or a comparison to the humor, to the, the film in general that I could recommend. Okay. Basically, so I could say recommend mend it for if you like oh, this. Question. I will say that if if you're a Coppola fan. Um, to me, the Virgin Suicides is probably the closest in tone to the Beguiled. Right. It is. I admit, I wanted yeah, this film to be different. I wanted this film to be, and I, I was hoping this would be a comp ahead of time. I wanted this film to be hard candy. I wanted Ellen Page and Patrick Wilson in some real torture, yeah, or at least something a little bit more <laughs> strong. I'm you, not saying castration strong. Yeah, candy, but. You wanted more physicality, I think, than than we got. We get a Just lot a of more edge. Yeah, know? there's not. Yeah, you're right. This is this is subtle. It's subtle as can it's, be. It's seductively subtle, but it is definitely yeah. not. Yeah. It's not hard candy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. So, um, I really enjoy the score as well. I thought that it was 
just beautiful. It's lots of strings. It's very kind of dreamy. Um, yeah. I really like that. The Again, the cinematography in the film was fantastic. The way the film is shot, I think the acting performances were all oh, yeah. very, very good. Um, yeah, I, I think if there's one person to me that's um, that's a, a shade overacting is Elle Fanning. Yeah, um, I think she. I, I think she takes the. I think she takes the um, unbridled teen sex pot in waiting thing a little far. Where, and that was part of our unintentional afterwards. Every line, or a little whiff of the hair, was a little just over the top. Now it's a melodrama, and it, it could fit for that. And and it's meant to be in opposite to the stiff, corseted versions that are coming out of Kirsten Dunst and Nicole Kidman. But yeah, if there's somebody who's a little, little, little too strong, it's Elle Fanning. I really liked, um, uh, the young girl who found her, Una Lawrence, who's in Pete's Dragon. She's in, um, oh gosh, the Jake Gyllenhaal boxing movie from a year ago. Um, uh, Southpaw and stuff like that. Bleed for she's it. A good, uh, what's that? Bleed Yo, for she, this or bleed no, for No, she's in Southpaw oh, with Southpaw. Jake Gyllenhaal. But, uh, Una Lawrence is a nice little young actress who, you know, as the person who discovers Colin Farrell, she's kind of that she's kind of the naive voice in the room and it's okay because you know she takes him to being a good person first and whatever this could be second and she's kind of beneath sensing all the hints and things that are going on and i i I don't know she was a fun character to follow at least lesser than everything Elle fanning was doing to just be over the top well yeah i liked them all i thought all of the females in this house were wonderfully cast uh and gory rice stood out to me as well yeah. i just she's kind of the voice of dissent which i really appreciated she is and you know the the cool thing about it is they do such a great job of making them all different they all are very unique yeah. personalities Definitely. and they give us a different view of what these women who are at different stages of growing up in this boarding house away from the world away from men during this time of war right um would be feeling and how they would react to this situation so we get it from all these different perspectives and that's really the interesting thing about the film to me so Mm -hmm. i i would say for me i highly recommend it if you are a fan of indies if you typically like movies that play at can and get get awards (laughs) if you're you know right if that's the kind of movie that you like go see it if you are looking for that more mainstream thriller type of film with a higher production value um or effects or anything like that um or more of even more of a horror if that's what you're looking for um it's not gonna meet those expectations so if you go into it with those you might come out feeling a little bit more like yeah sure and it's not that i was looking for it to be a horror film or anything like that just i don't know i just needed i needed a shade more more peril i mean not, not that the film was boring by any means definitely wasn't that and the sexual, sexual tension is very well defined and i like what you said where it's it's defined very differently between all of the women like they all kind of completely notice that there's a man there and want to impress him but just in the ways they want to impress him are also very different i just yeah i, I know the unexpected turn of events and, and where the, the story goes has room for some jaw-dropping moments and some real swerves i just didn't get swerved i i i kind of snickered and giggled and rolled my eyes a little much um but no i didn't need this to be saw or something with more velocity just something with a little bit more acid you know just a little more a little bit more burn yeah fair enough i think that'll be a common uh feeling of, of moviegoers when they come out of this one i think it'll be pretty divisive i do think it very well could show up at the oscars but so. um, yeah, I think I think audiences might be a little more split 
on this one than some of the past indie hits that we've had. Yeah, definitely. In well, terms of blockbuster fatigue, I think people – this is a great diversion for people who want to see see and immerse themselves in something different for sure. Agreed. Agreed. So – so it looks like Don and I are both pretty pretty would recommend this mostly for most most movie yeah. goers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm less, myself less than you, but I can't. I won't say the film is bad. I'll just say the film is uh, just ill-defined. <laughs> ill-defined. Well, I'll ill-defined. let you. We can leave it at that. Uh, oh, if boy. listeners, if you do go see this, uh, please come back. Find us in the Facebook group. Find us online. Um, Don, where mm-hmm. can people find you and your work? Uh, over on Every Movie Has a Lesson. You can look that up on YouTube. You can look that up on Facebook. You can look that up on Twitter, everymoviehaslesson.com. I should have um, a review for this around an opening week, and uh, it, it'll, it should do pretty – like I said, I think it will find a good audience this summer as counter-programming. I hope so. And if you'd like to talk to me further about this one, I would love that. Um, I, I suspect this is one of a couple films that I will be – chattering up about for most of this year and championing you can find me online at aaron l white a-a-r-o-n-e-l-w-h-i-t-e on twitter and facebook etc or as mentioned you can find me in the feel and film facebook group where all the great discussion happens thanks for listening to this one i hope you've enjoyed it and we hope that we've helped you make a decision on whether or not to see the beguiled and then we'll be back next time thanks